The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well, or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Hey, how's everybody doing? Welcome back. This is Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network, the best network for internet sports radio talk. And I cannot wait to be with you guys. Thanks so much to the listeners for tuning in. And I'm Spencer the Wizard Grossinger, and we are ready to get things started right now. And as a matter of fact, I have just connected in with my friend from the NYC. Give it up for BK Money, also known as Brendan Kaminsky. How you doing, Bren? Spencer, thanks for having me. Um, doing great. Doing great. Enjoying, uh, enjoying this spring weather. And, uh, you know, just been watching a lot of NBA basketball. That seems like the formula to a great, great week and weekend. I mean, after the NCAA tournament ended and you had the Masters, a great weekend at Augusta National, then you had a good two weeks before the NBA playoffs started off and the Western Conference was such an intriguing league because you looked at these teams and just... I think that the playoff hype in the West certainly lived up to its billing. Brendan, how much fun was it watching these Western Conference playoff series? And what really intrigued you when you were watching these games and really losing hours of sleep for the next day? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very great last point. Um, definitely losing a lot of sleep. Um, I got to tell you, I, this is probably the most first-round NBA playoff basketball I think I've ever watched. I think, um, you know, it, it was just, there was so much hype coming into the playoffs and I think it just surprisingly exceeded all of the hype. Um, yeah. You know, you, you may, you know, the Western Conference has been great, yes. Um, you know, the Eastern Conference, though, also has been fun to watch. Um, I, I, you know, I gotta say that Pacers-Hawks series was mm-hmm was very surprising you know I, I know the Pacers have been struggling but nobody I think expected to, the Hawks to take that seven um, to answer your question on what what was the most intriguing uh, part of the playoffs I, I have to say it was the Portland Trailblazers for me and you know I uh, I've been on the Rockets bandwagon for the past few months now I really liked what they've been doing um Dwight Howard has been an absolute monster. Harden is arguably the best closer in basketball. And I really expected them to just 
you know, walk through this Trailblazers team. I know how good the Blazers have played this year with Aldridge and Lillard and, you know, there the, are the other role players stepping up. But the, what the Trailblazers were able to do, and specifically with Damian Lillard, um, you know, accomplished in, in this postseason in just one series has been remarkable. Yeah. Certainly. I look at Damian Lillard, and he has really separated himself from the other tier of young point guards. You look at, um, well, Kyrie Irving is a name that pops to mind, a guy who is really a great player in the regular season. Uncle Drew, his brand is taking off, and he was in Cleveland. And then you look at Ricky Rubio. There's just a cropping of young point guards in this league um, that are really tremendous, even Michael Carter-Williams. But the shot the game six shot that he hit with 0.9 seconds left and remember Brendan this is after the rocket this is after the Blazers got robbed on an out-of-bounds call with 30 seconds left the um, Lillard clearly had his feet in bounds and the uh, Blazers were going to take possession of the ball and then Parsons scores a layup and you're thinking we're going back to Houston for game seven but then Lillard that was just a legend type of shot that's a where where were you when that shot happened kind of yeah. a deal and so has Lillard really taken the next step for you Brendan into really being a top five player in this league or that he just took on such legend status with the way he played the whole series the way he carries himself out of Weber State. I just talk about Lillard and where he is right now with the NBA's greats that are playing now. Yeah, uh, well, where, where I was when that happened is as I actually was out. I didn't, I, it was the one game that I didn't watch of the series and it, very disappointed that I didn't just obviously uh, of what transpired. But, you know, Damian Lillard to me is a guy that came into the league, his stock really rised. Um, throughout the scout, the combine, and days leading up to the draft, and he was the number four pick. But you know, nobody expected him to be as good as he is now. Um, you know, and, and I think that he's he's really solidified himself as you know a top three player in that draft class, and, and probably the most successful so far. You know, you look at him, you look at. Anthony Davis, Brad Beal, Andre Drummond from that draft class um, two years ago, and you know th- those four specifically have been phenomenal. But Damian Lillard has just really put up stats that you know didn't come out of nowhere, but they, they just you didn't see it happening this fast. You didn't see him becoming a, a star this fast in the league, and he's been the best player in the playoffs. You know, in, in this um, at this age, a second year guard, I mean it's it's remarkable and I'm definitely rooting for him. Another thing that I like about Lillard, Spencer is just how he carries himself on the court. Um, he's always cool calm and um, he just seems very cool, calm and collected out there and he doesn't show emotion, you know when he when he mm-hmm. needs to he does but he does his job and that takes care of itself um, Yeah. but I think you know like you said he certainly is is up there with the top point guards, you know, in, in this league, and it's hard to argue against him, you know. Frankly, um, with the way he's playing now, you obviously have the veterans, um, you know, you have the Chris Pauls, you have the Darren Williams, um, you know, you, you have that top tier. You have Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard. You know, I think if you give him a few more years, especially to um, you know, 
grow with this young, young Portland Trailblazer team. You're talking about LaMarcus Aldridge, who's who's having an MVP season and, and is very young. Lillard easily could argue to be a top five point guard in the league today. Yeah, certainly. You look at Chris Paul, who's at the t- at the top of the list. Um, Russell Westbrook is kind of a controversial pick because of the way that he plays the game, and he sometimes overshadows the MVP Kevin Durant, which is just funny to even say that. I guess we could segue now into talking about Russell Westbrook and these Oklahoma City Thunder because the Grizzlies gave him everything they could handle, and I could very well argue that with Serge. Ibaka, who is as versatile as a big man as there is in this league, with Ibaka, Durant, um, and then with Reggie Jackson, who has totally emerged off the bench um, as real as a real threat. And I think that Reggie Jackson could start for 20 out of these 30 NBA teams. I think he is a star in the making. So Oklahoma City really drafts well. But Scott Brooks was on the hot seat for most of this week. And they have absolutely looked like a mess offensively for most of the Grizzlies series. What do you see in Oklahoma City going forward? And do you think Oklahoma City can now recapture the goods uh, that they showed in Game 7 because Game 7, they were just hitting on all cylinders. So what's your view of Oklahoma City going forward with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in these playoffs? Yeah, so I think in the playoffs um, you know, it was obviously a huge Game 7 performance by um, you know, Kevin Durant, by Russell Westbrook, by Ibaka, the, the whole team did a fantastic job, um, but, you know, that was a must-win game for them. I think that if they lost that game, um, Scott Bricks would have been fired. And, you know, I think he's, he's done a pretty good job with the team. Um, he's taken them to an NBA Finals. Granted, they had James Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, which is, you know, if you really reminisce about how good that trio was. Absolutely. It, it's amazing, but I think that in this series against the Clippers, and you know, I've been watching the first half of this Clippers Thunder game, um, and, and now they're at halftime. I think the Clippers are just a more complete team, Spencer. I think that you know this Clippers lineup is so deep. You talk about Chris Paul, Darren Collison backing him up, JJ Reddick, Jamal Crawford. Um, you know, obviously got Jordan and Griffin, and then yeah. they got Matt Barnes at small forward. I mean, they just. This team is full of full of young talent, full of leadership, and they have a great coach. So, yeah. as far as the playoffs go, I don't see them beating the Clippers. I really don't. Yeah. And I think that the future for them it, it is very uncertain. To answer your question, I think that they they, they really need to hop on some more um, some more talent um, for this team. I yeah. think that the current supporting cast they have just isn't strong enough. You know. Yeah. It's hard to say that because you got Russell Westbrook, who's you know best in the business, and Durant, who might be the best player in the league right now. Um, he's certainly playing like it, but to, to compete in the Western Conference, I mean, you gotta you gotta have the best. You gotta, you gotta have a little better of a lineup, and I, I think that you know my prediction for the Thunder is to lose this series probably in five or six. Yeah, um, and they they. Scott Brooks is going to get fired, which is unfortunate for him. You know, like I said, how, how well um, 
you know, Duran has progressed and Westbrook and, and Ibaka, but I think that they're going to take a real hard look at adding some, you know, um, more shooters on the team to support the Thunder uh, and, and just more depth to compete with teams like the Clippers and the Spurs, um, you know, and a young team like the Grizzlies. So that's that's really my forecast going forward. Okay, I, I certainly, uh, like... Just thinking while you were talking, you look at the Funders, uh, third best player is Ibaka, but after that, there is a huge drop-off. I mean, you have Reggie Jackson, and he's still unreliable because he's such a young player. He can go out and score 30 points, or he can only attempt eight shots and hit two of them and just come up with eight points in a game. And you look at Karan Butler. I mean, Karan Butler's been around forever. He's kind of been a journeyman at this stage of his career. We know him from the Heat and other teams, and he's, he's playing a primary role right now on this uh, Oklahoma City Thunder team. So I agree that the Los Angeles Clippers are by far the most talented team in my eyes in the Western Conference. And uh, Brendan, watching that Warriors-Clippers game, it's sad that Golden State couldn't advance to the next round because of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But this Los Angeles uh, Clippers team, I mean, I really think that they can go eight or nine deep with the guys that you were mentioning at the top with Collison, um, with Matt Barnes, J.J. Redick, and the shooters that they have, do you really see the Clippers losing or stumbling to a team like San Antonio if your forecast is correct and they should get by Oklahoma City? You know, um, it's it's interesting because the Clippers have that, you know, they have a little curveball um, with what transpired with Donald Sterling, and now it's, um, you know, some say it threw off the players and it, definitely is going to um, change the chemistry of the team. I, I don't agree with that. I think that they're really coming together as a team. I think that they're going to um, build off of it. Um, and I think that they're going, my prediction is the Clippers are going to the NBA Finals. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that, like, like, we've, like we've been saying, their team is just so deep. Yeah. And in the playoffs, that's so important, getting that bench production. You know, getting it from the six all the way down to, you know, the, the, the tenth man on the bench. Yeah, big, um, big baby Davis. Davis. We didn't even talk about Danny Granger, who's an all-star. We didn't oh. talk about Jared Dudley, who doesn't even play that much, but yeah. can come in and hit the three ball um, better than, you know, 60% of the league. There's, there's just a lot of depth that yeah. I think um, will come up to, to beat an aging Spurs team who is phenomenal, but... They just—I think that the Clippers are going to wear them down and ultimately go walk into the NBA Finals. Right. One concern I think about the Los Angeles Clippers is the is the defense because you saw Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. I mean, even though they're the well acclaimed Splash Brothers, I mean. Uh, Curry and Thompson could really hurt a lot of teams, but with the Clippers, they had to beat the Warriors, and games were up in the 115s and the 120s. And the Spurs do have two great wing players in Kiwi Leonard and uh, and Danny Green. So for the Clippers to really get past the Spurs, I think that they're really going to have to focus in on the defensive end. I know Barnes can stop people at the defensive end, but Redick and, and some of those other guards you talked about, um, Grange and Chris Paul are really going to have to come in and stop the Spurs, which uh, 
which, yeah, the Spurs are playing Portland, so that's going to be another great series. Brendan, do you really see any obstacle for the Miami Heat? And with this Indiana team, all the turmoil that they've gone through, do you expect Indiana to challenge Miami or even get past these Wizards? Um, short answer is no. I think that the Heat are just very fortunate with how things have transpired with the Pacers because the Pacers were really their only um, tough competitor. And the Pacers last year were very close to, to overcoming the Heat and midway through the year people were like, oh, I think this is the Pacers' year, but the chemistry in that locker room, whatever is going down in Indiana, it's not working and I think the Heat are going to have an easy time getting into the the NBA Finals for the third consecutive time. I think the Wizards are playing great, but, you know, John Wall, Brad Beal only are so good compared to Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And um, I, see the, I see the Heat. Honestly, I think the Heat are going to have a tougher time in this series against the Nets than they are against... Uh, the Wizards or Pacers, whoever they face in the in the conference finals. I think the Nets, it's a very interesting matchup because you talk about the history of this, the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavs and, you know, Kevin Garnett and LeBron James and, 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 and that rivalry and, you know, how much they really hate each other, you know, or hated each other, especially, you know, on the court. You know, those guys, those guys are so competitive. And I think that series, you know, I've heard people talking about it going to seven, which would be fascinating. But um, regardless of how many games it goes to, um, it, it's just going to be very tough. Uh, but but if you ask me what's my prediction, I think they're easily going and they're going to play the Clippers. Yeah, that should set up to be a great series as well. We're talking here with Brendan Kaminsky, North Carolina graduate and NBA basketball aficionado. And... Uh, Brendan, just looking at these Eastern Conference uh, teams left, I mean, I want to talk to you actually about something that really caught my eye in the news this week. A Brooklyn Nets fan put up a, a missing sign for Darren Williams. Did you see that at all? Darren Williams uh, missing uh Basically, Brendan, they put up a poster of Darren Williams. It says, we haven't been able to find this guy, Darren Williams. And then they put a whole bio on him, how he makes like, you know, a certain amount of money a year, how he's played for uh, Utah and just a whole, he was like, it was like a missing sign just because of the way he was struggling in the Toronto series. They they put up uh, signs around the arena. Do you think that that was a low blow for the fans to do that? Or do you laugh and, and, and create? and I give them credit for their creativity. Um, you know, I think that this stuff goes on all the time, and, and it's, it's easy as a fan to sit back and say, this guy's getting overpaid, and, and this guy should be more productive. Um, but the bottom line is, it's really not fair for them to do. I think, you know, obviously the fans are the ones who ultimately generate, you know, the players in the league. You know what, what they earn and whatnot, but you know I, I think Darren Williams goes out there, you know, plays hard, and has been a, a very big contributor for the for the Brooklyn Nets team. Now I can't speak to exactly how he's been playing recently. I haven't been paying close attention, and I haven't 
been following his stats, but, you know, it's just, it's not fair for, for fans to condemn athletes like that. You know, you don't know what's going on with, with the team and, you know, the player situation and maybe the player's injured or maybe the team wants them to play a different role and it's not reflecting in the stat sheet. There's just, yeah. there's a lot of, um, you know, tangent factors that, you know, we're not aware of and um, it's just, it's not fair, but that's that's what that's what sports is, and, and that's what society is. And you know, that he's not the only fan that that has done something like that. Oh no. Oh, no. And uh, you look at even the uh, Cleveland Browns fan uh, was putting up a, uh, a spot for uh, Cleveland's quarterback uh, on eBay and selling who wants to be the Browns quarterback and having a bidding uh, at the expense of one Brandon Whedon. And, you know, as an athlete, I'd feel really um, if a fan did that to me, um, I, I think it's better than what a lot of fans would say to you over social media, but it would still really hurt at your core. And it would be tough to really go out and be motivated to play if a fan is really um, joking with you on that manner. You know, you want your fans to stand behind you through thick and thin, and you really don't want the fans to. Uh, one person like that could really affect how Darren Williams, how he plays his next game, because he's probably thinking, why should I reward this guy who's bashing me like this? I'm sure that some of the thought some of the fault definitely goes into that. Um, Brendan, we're going to uh, have some fun questions here, some questions that I've come up with. I mean, I know the first part has been really basketball heavy, really informative. These are going to be quick hitters, and uh, we're going to let the listeners get to know Brendan Kaminsky. So are you ready to do this, man? A little rapid fire? Let's do it, Spencer. All right, awesome. <laughs> okay, so one of my questions to start the day is if you could resurrect one playoff team that you grew up watching, okay, that you grew up watching back in the days when HD television wasn't accessible to us, maybe a classic team from when you were a uh, kid in middle school or high school, which team would you love to see play one more time in the prime of their run? Um, well, this this one for me... Um pretty easy. I think that right off the bat, Allen Iverson and that, that, that finals run team came to mind. Um, wow. I remember I remember going to all those games spent and, and yeah. how exciting that was and I would love to see Iverson back in his prime. Yeah. That's a pretty solid answer. I thought we were gonna go Baron though. Put on for your Charlotte Bobcats, you know, Baron Davis, um yeah. and, and that team. Yeah, definitely uh you know, definitely a solid, would have been a solid answer coming from me being the fan that I am. Even that Warriors team was, was so much fun to follow when they beat the Mavs, but yeah, I really miss Iverson. I think we all do. Yeah. So. What are the images, the Tyron Luce step over? Oh, absolutely. I mean, those times and watching him um, in Philly was just yeah. one, one of the times. I'd love to, to, to re-watch those. So that playoff run from Iverson. 
The dude threw up 60 points a game, and you just don't see that right now in this current NBA. You see LeBron, he has the ability to really get 50 points, but he has a supported cast, and that would really alienate not only the Miami Heat fans, but the chemistry. So people are so aware you have deeper teams in the league. You look at that Iverson team in 01, and it's interesting because they had guys like Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, Theo Ratliff, uh, Matt Geiger, guys that are contributing that aren't necessarily um, – primetime players there with Iverson. He really carried that whole team. I mean, they weren't horrible NBA players, but I'd say that they were just mediocre, and that probably made the run a lot more enjoyable was just to see Allen go out and shoot at least 30 shots a game. So that answer is a good one. I thought you were going to go with the Coliseum and McGlure, and uh, I'm sure you can name some... uh, um, I think David Wesley is a guy that played on the on the Charlotte team. So Brendan's a big North Carolina fan as well. Well, also another question that I wanted to get to you on is where would you rank the NBA playoffs in terms of, of all the playoffs in the four major sports and also college basketball, the madness, and, and um, college football? So where would you rank NBA playoffs um, up against those other playoff series? Very good question. And one that you know many have been debating, um, and I would say that it's hard for me to right off the bat say this is what happened in this year's playoffs and this is what happened in this year's. And you know, I, I, I have memories of certain series, you know, like that Warriors Mavs series uh, when the Warriors took over that that Mavs team and upset the one um, was amazing. And I think that that series was just as exciting as a lot of series this year. But it's hard for me to say because I've never, you know, I've never watched all the playoff games as closely as I have this year in the past few years. Um, As far as comparing it to March Madness, I think um, I think March Madness is one of a kind. But I think that. You know, this NBA playoffs, at least for me as being such a just a big NBA fan, has the potential to be better than, than the way March Madness went down this year. And I, I think that's you never really hear that, but I think if you're a big enough NBA fan, you've been following the playoffs closely enough, you've been seeing what's happening in the first round, all the game sevens, all the overtimes, and it's only two weeks in, you know, there's there's a lot of basketball left. I think they you have a right to say it's better, um, but you know, compare and when you compare it to other sports, you know, for me, I'm an NFL guy, and the NFL is is my favorite sport. It's um, it, it just it always will be number one in my heart, and I'd I have to say that the NFL playoffs is is more exciting. And I'm not downplaying this NBA playoffs because everyone knows how spectacular it's been. But, you know, the the NFL playoffs and how it's one game and how these guys, you know, how hard they fight. And it's the Super Bowl, even though it wasn't great this year. It's one of a kind. Um, and so that might have been a jumbled answer. But, you know, I, I, to give an overall summary, I think, this NBA playoffs is, you know, better than any of recent memory, mm-hmm. I think. Any from the past 10 years, I would say. The most buzz that, it's been, that, that people have talked about. 
So I, I think it's it's definitely been legendary. What do you say? Yeah. I think it's really compelling, Brendan. Um, I, I really enjoyed your answer there and the thought you gave to it. But this NBA uh, playoffs has been compelling. I was definitely let down by the Game 7s. And I love seeing upsets in all these major sports. I enjoy seeing a wildcard team like Seattle beat a powerhouse in New Orleans. If you remember the Marshawn Lynch Skittles game, even the Steelers and the New York Giants were both wildcard 10 and 6 teams that made a run and got hot at the right time. And I could argue um, that the New York Giants weren't the best team um, of that uh, NFL season when they beat the undefeated Patriots. You know, because you had... Um, in the NFL, sometimes the champion is not the best team of the season. They just have one poor day and they're out. And that gets me watching because you really, it gives hope to wild card teams that are in these playoffs. And you look at teams like Charlotte um, or even the seventh seed. Um, I'm trying to think here, the seventh seed that played Miami. Yes, Charlotte and Atlanta. These teams have really no chance at getting to an NBA title, whereas teams that are in the sixth spot in the NFL playoffs like San Diego that come in at 8-8, eight and eight, the San Diego Chargers this year almost went in and beat Denver and were almost playing in the AFC Championship. So unpredictability, upsets, fascinate me as a fan. And I think that the NBA model always produces the best champion because of the length of the series and having to beat a team four times is definitely not a fluke. But I would say um, that these NBA playoffs have been very compelling so far, especially in the Western Conference. The games have been long. NBA games are long, but at the end of these games, uh, just some great stuff. And uh, the the basketball brand is great. I mean, these guys are making unbelievable plays. Um, But I would still have have to put um, NFL and March Madness above it, but NBA is really coming on strong. And and Brendan, thank you so much for stopping by this show. Our listeners love it when you come on. You pr- you really give the truth when you come on the show, provide insight, and I had a really nice time chatting with you. Spence, thanks for having me. Um, always a pleasure. Hope all is well, and uh, let's, let's do it again soon. I think we could do, do this for hours. Oh my gosh, I know these 30 minutes have just really flown by. Some of the stuff on my notes, Brendan, I was going to get to, but you you just sparked some of your answers were very in-depth. And uh, for all you guys out there that want to be uh, sports broadcasters, when you have an interviewer that uh, that really provides a good answer, sometimes you don't even have to look back to the script because you could just hop on of what the interviewee was giving. And that's what happened here. So enjoy New York, Brendan. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Spencer. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network, voiceamericasports.com. Just had Brendan Kaminsky on the line. He spoke for a good 25 minutes about NBA basketball and the 2014 playoffs, which have just been really unbelievable. All the series have been so compelling. Uh, Out west, we now have the Portland Trailblazers playing the San Antonio Spurs and... The Spurs and the Pacers, both one seeds were really tested. Um, Both went to seven games, and the Spurs really in decisive fashion defeated the Dallas Mavericks. So I look for San Antonio that now has a wave of momentum. I look for them to carry it through to the next series and uh, dismantle the young but firing Portland Trailblazer basketball team. So just great stuff with Brendan Kaminsky. It was great to have him on the set, and he provided a lot of in-depth analysis. So we are thankful here at Voice America for Brendan. I also want to give a shout-out to President Jeff Spinard and our program director, Ray Ellis. They do a fabulous job of Voice America, and uh, we're just uh, thankful to be working for a great station. Uh, Look who popped right back in studio. I have my co-host here, Bruce the Sports Doc, and it looks like for this segment, we could be talking about some NFL Draft 2014. Bruce, say howdy to our lovely listeners. I want to say hello to everybody. I hope you guys are enjoying the NBA playoffs, and... Right now, we're 72 hours away from the NFL draft. That's all that we've really been covering. And uh, I want to look at specific teams and specific needs. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to do as well. 
So looking at this NFL draft, it's really a make it or break draft for a lot of teams inside the top five. You have um, a team at number one in Houston that really had a successful run under Gary Kubiak, especially the last four seasons with Matt Schaub and Arian Foster at the helm. J.J. Watt, uh, that that defense of Mario Williams before he departed for Buffalo, um, that defense was nothing to mess with. And uh, even with T.J. Yates, they managed to go and uh, and beat Cincinnati and uh, make it to the semifinals or make it to the divisional round of the playoffs a couple times um, in the past few years. Uh, they lost to the Ravens and the Patriots in the divisional round, but. Last year, Matt Schaub really uh, wore down. He he wasn't himself. Um, he had uh, he had some injuries that he had to deal with, but he was aging. And Matt Schaub has always had question marks about whether he could take this team to the next level. Coupled with Schaub's injury and an unstable quarterback position, uh, th- this team um, really struggled. Foster got injured a lot. He was really up and down throughout the season. So looking at Houston now, they're two and four. But they have a ton of talent on this roster to compete in the AFC South. They still have J.J. Watt. They still have Andre Johnson. They still have Arian Foster. And if you put a good quarterback on this team, I believe that they could then turn um, actually into a 10-6 and team. Um, and it wouldn't be that shocking. So, Bruce, looking at the Houston Texans and the landscape of the team, do you see them going quarterback or drafting the highly touted Jadavion Clowney out of South Carolina? Where do you see Houston going here with the first pick? I really think they're going to go Clowney. He's really an athletic guy, and I think that there is enough doubt about Johnny Manziel that they're going to take the safe pick. And I think that looking at Bill O'Brien, who's their coach, he is a conservative guy, guy from Penn State, and I I expect him to go the safe route with Clowney. Okay, yeah, kind of uh, proving um, to his defensive coordinators that he really is buying into the team's overall success. Clowney is a guy uh, that is very, very highly touted. Um, some question his motor, how many plays he takes on and off, but when you're getting double teamed every single play in college, it's understandable to sometimes um, just, just it's a tough position to play defensive line, and uh, he's definitely shown um, glimpses of absolute greatness. So I definitely think that's the safer pick going with Clowney. Um, Looking at Houston now, which quarterback prospect do you think could fit well into Houston's scheme if they don't go with Johnny Manziel? Any late rounders that you possibly have come to like? I strongly believe that if they don't take Manziel, that there will not be any, they won't be taking quarterback in the first round. They could trade down, that's possible, and there's probably some teams really hungering for Manziel. That, that's why I said it's. Uh, but they're not going to draft another quarterback at num- number one. But in the second round, so which which quarterback do you like out of that crop? Well, Blake Bortles' stock has, has risen. I think he did well in the Wonderlick test. I think he's going to be solid. And, uh, you know, my, my sense with him, he's going to be a late first rounder, early second round. When you look at 
the second pick in the draft. You have the St. Louis Rams, and they have Sam Bradford. And that's a quarterback that has gotten injured a lot out of Oklahoma. He was the first overall pick, and he hasn't exactly been uh, faring that well in the NFL. I mean, even before he got hurt last year, he had he had some good numbers, but he really doesn't have the arm strength that a lot of quarterbacks have. Um, he's the type of quarterback that on third down, um, he a lot of a lot of times under Bradford, the Rams have gone three and out. And even though Tavon Austin was a huge success, a lot of that success could be headed towards quarterback Kellen Clements who filled in for Bradford and really uh, looked strong so Bruce when you assess um, St. Louis Sam Bradford in this football team I mean I really do think that there's a spot for up for interpretation with St. Louis I really do think that they should draft a quarterback if I was their GM I like Bradford but I don't know if you're going to go deep in the playoffs with Sam Bradford um he is a stable leader um a, a pretty good arm um but I I think he leaves his team off in too many third down situations he doesn't have that throw the ball deep game uh that I think Johnny Manziel could bring and I think Manziel and Austin would be spectacular if I was St. Louis, I would definitely draft Johnny Manziel. I'm so high on Manziel because he's such a competitor. Uh, the guy wants to win a Super Bowl every single year, and he speaks like it and believes that he's confident. And also, Manziel s- steps up on the biggest stages. In the Cotton Bowl versus Oklahoma last year, he threw for four touchdowns. And in the, um, in the Peach Filet Bowl, he in Atlanta... Johnny Manziel also threw for four touchdowns. And in both Alabama games, his stats were off the charts. That September 14th game um, down in College Station this year versus Alabama was one of the most highly watched football games in college football history. And Johnny Manziel absolutely balled out and almost gave his team a chance to win. Um, I think he accounted for over 500 yards in that game. and And the Aggies put up 42 points but couldn't stop Alabama's offense. So I look at Manziel, the guy loves the big stage and that's a key. He's very confident and a lot of players I think could really relate to Johnny Manziel. So um, I'm I'm the highest on him. He's just he's just a special kind of a breed. He came in here and uh, it was a red shirt three star recruit and and won the Heisman. I mean you just don't see kids that that end up like this. For the other quarterback prospects, Blake Bortles out of Central Florida is a guy that has really um, risen up the draft boards. And the problem is that he plays, the conference that he plays in is the, it was the Big East or the American, and they didn't have a lot of talent in that conference. I looked at Bortles, he's six foot five, and after that performance versus a Baylor defense that is very, very inconsistent. People were so high on Blake Bortles. What I see in Bortles is a decent quarterback, but I think... I just think people are overrating him a little bit. I mean, even though he's a very smart, nice young man, the competition he played against and also his uh, his arm strength too. I, I would really like to see Bortles um, 
I, I really don't know if he could read defenses, and he, and he doesn't play a lot of SEC defenses. And the one loss Central Florida had was against South Carolina that was an SEC defense. So I would love Manziel. Manziel's special. He can run around. Um, Bortles does have speed as well. Um, I think Bortles would be second on my QB rankings. Then third, I really think there's a big drop-off between Manziel and Bortles. Um, Because Teddy Bridgewater, again, played in the same conference as Blake Bortles. They went toe-to-toe, and and Bridgewater really cooled off in the fourth quarter of that football game. Teddy Bridgewater also had a a very subpar pro day, and a pro day should be pretty simple. It's where you throw to receivers, and it's pretty much all mapped out and Bridgewater threw without gloves he didn't have any gloves on which was a surprise because now it's like are you gonna put on gloves or are you not and uh, and I guess maybe the no gloves made his hand sweaty maybe he couldn't produce the throws that he made on a normal basis in the American um but possibly playing in the American could be a detriment to tr- Teddy Bridgewater because not a lot of people noticed him. Um, people are really questioning his arm strength, and there is room for concern there. I'd rate him third on my quarterback rankings behind him between Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles. So just, just you know, talking about the NFL draft, talking about quarterbacks. And, Bruce, I want to get your way in Right now we're on St. Louis, but also you heard me kind of go on about my rant ranking these quarterbacks from these FBS conference. Um, what do you see in the quarterbacks? And if you're St. Louis, uh, what what pick are you making? Well, I think that St. Louis is going to stand pat, and I think they're going to go for a wide receiver. They're going to go either for Mike Evans or Sammy Watkins, I don't think they're going to give up on Sam Bradford. I think that they have too many holes to fill. What I wanted to ask is, uh, let, let's 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 go some some quick rapid fire. Uh, you're you're a Giants fan, and certainly they've been quiet in free agency. L- let's just try to figure what position of need do they have, and looking at the draft board as you are right now, uh, if you had to pull somebody off there for the Giants, who would you pick? I would pick ha-ha Clinton Dix. Not only because his name is absolutely the best name we've ever seen in this NFL draft board in its history, but uh, but Clinton Dix is a very talented and confident senior from Alabama, and I'd love to see them go safety route here. Um, it would really uh, He could really impact their defense because Corey Webster has been facing injury problems, and same with Prince of Mucamara. So if we could get those corners healthy and then have Clinton Dix over the top, I think his value is perfect here. He's very explosive. Uh, he can make a pick six and in a heartbeat. And I'd absolutely love to have him backing that giant secondary. A position of need is definitely at tight end. Um, you look at uh, at Myers last year for the Giants and... Uh, I'd say that his production was not up to par with recent New York Giants tight ends like Kevin Boss or um, or even Bear Pasco. So I, I love this kid. For the second round for the Giants, I love Jason Morrow out of Texas Tech. I mean, this dude and Davis Webb were quite a quite a duo in the Big 12. This kid's a big kid, six foot six. Jason Morrow with great hands and uh, and a lot of agility for a tight end. So Jason Morrow is going to be an absolute star in this league. 
Um, so I would love to see the Giants go Dix and then Amaro with the first two picks of the draft. It looks like we're going to hit a break right here, and then we're going to come back. Um, Bruce the Sports Doc and I are still talking about first round. We can't wait to discuss his Philadelphia Eagles. Coming up next, you're listening to Bruce the Sports Doc here on the Voice America Sports Network. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. Injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. How you guys doing here? Welcome back. Bruce the Sports Doc here. On the Voice America Sports Network, we are wrapping up the show. It's a NFL draft, and uh, this is a really great time. I'm so excited to see where these big names in college football go, particularly Johnny Manziel, just because of everything he brings to the table. But there are a lot of, of other great players. Um, Bruce, Bruce, the sports doc, Bruce Grossinger is an expert with the Philadelphia Eagles. He follows this team very deeply and knows the nuances of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Bruce, with the departure of Deshaun Jackson, uh, would you like to see the Eagles go wide receiver, or do you think they still need help in the secondary on defense? Well, I want to go for a little bit of a wild card pick. I want to go defense. And tonight I was listening to uh, Brian Baldinger, who spends a lot of time in Los Angeles, and the guy I'm going to spotlight is a guy named Anthony Barr. He's an outside linebacker from UCLA. This guy is six foot five, two hundred fifty-five pounds, and just incredible numbers in the combine. Not that that matters, but this guy is perfect for the three-four. He is a powerful impact rushing linebacker, and the Eagles need defense. Unfortunately, in this draft. It's a very weak draft for safeties. There's only two safeties in the top ground in my it's it's Clinton Dix with the crazy name and the less the more uh conventional name Calvin Pryor for Louisville. Once you get past those guys, there's nobody. So I don't think the Eagles are gonna go for a cornerback in the first round. That would be unusual. You could you could get them in the second, third round. Uh and the two wide receivers, um, 
obviously at the, at the top of the board are, are going to be gone. And the Eagles only have six picks. So usually the Eagles are known for having a lot of picks. And Andy Reid certainly known for squandering them and, and picking guys like uh, like Brandon Graham and picking guys uh, that are little guys that just – and I, I prefer um, – with Chip Kelly, his whole attitude is big guys beating up little guys, and that certainly uh, goes against the uh, the draft mentality of Andy Reid. Let's 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 look at this board, and let's just have you uh, quickly go through and give us comments on the board. This is a uh, our uh, our our last segment, and so necessarily a short one. Looking at the board, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be an absolute star from Clemson. Just a ton of speed, and he's by far the number one wide receiver to me. Evans is very talented, but sometimes he takes plays off. Um, hopefully, he could get along with his quarterback as well. And and, a, and you know, if Mike Evans could just display full effort on a given basis, I think the guy could be an absolute star in the NFL. But uh, I think Watkins is definitely a safer pick. And um, I think Watkins' speed is just is just superior. I look at Jake Matthews, offensive tackle of Texas A&M, a good player, um, kind of similar to Luke Jokel. But again, your ceiling for offensive linemen, um, that's kind of a team that doesn't have a lot of needs would go with that. Looking at the teams right now that are picking at the top, I could see Oakland. Uh, I like Derek Carr a lot um, and from the Fresno area, and Oakland definitely probably got out a lot of its scouts to see Derek Carr throw the football. So Carr is an expert at throwing back shoulder uh, routes, and he absolutely lit up San Jose State uh, and Wyoming and the Mountain West Conference there at Fresno State. So Carr standing tall at six foot five, I definitely think that he could be um, – better than his brother, um, Derek, um, <laughs> his brother, um, that was selected, uh, with the Texans. Um, I definitely think he could be better than David. There we go. Looking at this board, um, Zach Martin's going to be a very solid offensive tackle pick out of Notre Dame. I really like what he brings. Anthony Barr is a stud. I mean, if you get him at 10, this is a guy that had top five uh, talent. So I, I think the Eagles, if they could, they have to come down from, you know, they're picking the 20s to get him. They're going to have to trade something. But I definitely think it would be worth it. I mean, I think this guy is is an absolute five-star um guy. Odell Beckham is kind of like a Deshaun Jackson in this draft as well. I really look at him and Brandon Cooks are going to be playmakers and that's what this league is kind of turning to these quick guys um, that might not necessarily have all the height or the weight, but guys that can really fly along the outsides and in this passing league and with all the um, wildcat um, formations and up-tempo ball, I really think that speedsters are valued more than ever. Um so, this NFL draft is going to be great, and uh, I'm very excited for it. Well, we get a little insight into what the Eagles are thinking, how Rosewood came out this week. And while there are a lot of wide receivers in the draft, um, their analysis, which is rather scientific, is that they, they believe that first-round wide receivers are often busts. So, they like wide receivers. They don't want to – they're probably not going to take Cooks or Beckham the reason is, both of those guys are five foot ten. The, the natural question is, they're going to get completely dogged by the Philadelphia fans. There's been such a uh, 
an outcry against getting rid of Deshaun Jackson. If you get rid of him after an all-pro, you know, 1,800-yard season, and then you replace him with exactly the same type of receiver, I, I think the question is why. They have so many needs. They had this guy under contract that is Deshaun Jackson, and that's all that we hear about in Philadelphia is why, and there was no good answer. Uh, it's funny how the Eagles waited 30 days, didn't say a word, and then Chip Kelly comes out while they're, you know, volunteering their time at the school with the paintbrush in his hand, paint in his hair, and um, basically said it's a football decision. Everybody said it's nothing to do with anything else. It's a football decision. And so Chip Kelly, in some ways, is not any more forthcoming than Andy Reid. Uh, I think that football coaches have to be secretive and somewhat arrogant to do their job. But certainly in Philadelphia, uh, we, we really wanted a better reason than that. Thank you for listening to Bruce the Sports Talk. We had a wonderful time recapping the playoffs with Brendan Kaminsky and also talking some NFL draft here, getting in-depth. It should be a wonderful night on Thursday, and uh, we look forward to catching up next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Talk. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.